for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, it's a big one. It's episode 300. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you to our sponsors, Netgear. Stephen Fennick, welcome to the Netgear head office in Australia and uh, welcome to episode 300, my man. 300, yes. Well, we're here. Uh, I've been here a few times, actually, the Netgear head office. They're a good, a good uh, supporters of the program and... Uh, it's really nice to know that we that support extends to them, offering for us to record in their in their building. And uh, we, we went to lunch with them, which was lovely because, not to put a finer point on it, but we were looking back at our records. 300 episodes is a long time. It was uh, February 23, 2011, yep. um, that uh, that we first we, we published the first episode. In fact, episode 14, I think it was, was recorded on this date six years ago. Um, but episode three was the first time that Netgear sponsored the show. Yeah. So th- this company has supported this program for 297 <laughs> episodes, which is pretty yeah. remarkable and I, and I think great loyalty and we, we, we think their products are great, obviously, and yeah. um, we, uh, we hope that our listeners are supporting them as much as they're supporting us. Absolutely right. And what a pleasant surprise when they, were, they brought us back up to the office to record and in the middle of the table was a beautiful cake with our photos on it and our uh, the congratulations on the 300th and we'll, we'll share photos of that, no doubt, on Twitter. Yeah. You would have already done that by now. By the time you're listening to this, we would have already shared them, but I thought, what a lovely touch. Excellent stuff. So we are, we are going to crack into episode 300 here of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So, uh, look, we don't want to get too self-indulgent, but uh, let's spend some time thinking about 300 episodes and six and a bit years. Um, it's very interesting. I actually listened back a bit to a couple of I didn't listen in full but I listened to probably four episodes you, you know how much you listen back to the shows you listen to them again or Man, I've never listened to one of the shows before I've really? never listened back oh, I've, I've heard bits of it just, no but that's yeah. what I'm, I've never put it on the car and gone I'll listen to us because I, I think it's weird listening to yourself <laughs> it is um, <laughs> the only reason I watch myself yeah. back on TV is to see whether they they run the right pictures and stuff when yes. you know because it's very different with TV when they yeah, they yeah, point true. at the wrong thing true, in the camera yeah. and stuff. You want to know what, what happened. But this is how we get full control over this. So yeah, yeah. I listened back and it was it was interesting for a couple of reasons because, A, we used to do it always via Skype. Yep. So the quality was quite different. But secondly, topics, right? Oh, so yeah. episode one. Well, it's been more than six years. So that's a bit, that's that's like decades in other, in other industries. Absolutely. So episode one, we were talking about the iPad 2, uh, imminent launch. So we were talking about how... The iPad 2 was coming and there were a lot of rumours. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to remember this was only a year, not even a year before the original iPad, which was a huge new product. Yeah. So it was a year after that original one and we're thinking, well, hang on, what's the follow-up going to be? Yeah. There, there was speculation flying yeah. around. I, I heavily speculated they would never need a retina screen on an <laughs> iPad. <laughs> yeah. We'll discuss other things that we got wrong or that you got wrong anyway. Oh, oh, <laughs> just because I don't database your mistakes yeah, like you do. You're like a wife. You Database the mistakes <laughs> yeah. I make. Is that is that the same as having a good memory? Is that what you mean? Database the mistake. 
I don't actually. Okay. I haven't actually created. I don't keep database. a diary of things remember. that you do wrong. I just remember. No, no, I can remember. Well, while we're at it, then I will say that <laughs> when I remember when we were talking about, I think when the iPhone six was before the iPhone six was coming out. Sure. And 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 I said, oh, they've got to have a big screen. And you said, there's no way that Apple's going to make a big screen iPhone. And then they introduced the iPhone six plus. Well, look, I'm just going by Steve Jobs' theory about the size of the phone, the yeah. thumb reach and stuff like that. But yeah. here's the other thing we talked about in, in episode yeah. one. Vodafone had just put out a press release and mm. had a press conference um, basically acknowledging their mistakes. And we talked about the fact, have you seen this guy who set up a website called Vodafone? Vodafone yeah. I mean, six and a bit years is a long time, but it just shows how I reckon Vodafone only now are truly hitting their straps. I mean, for for several years now, they've had a good network. There's yeah. been no argument. But really in the public perception, they really haven't hit their straps. And I think that's only happening now. Six yeah. years is a very well, long turnaround. It is a good it is a good indicator, the span of time where they've gone from, from being nearly out of business to today where they're they're flying better than they've ever done before yeah. and now access people got access, 22 million Australians got access to fast speeds, 4G heavy marketing they're doing right now so what a what a change that's been since mm. when we first started the the podcast to now and and look at us both now also both voter and customers as yeah, well yeah. well we, we do travel a bit so the five dollars a day helps but look that that's another massive change as well and just to re- remind ourselves how this all came about we we were both independently doing our things you were hugely successful you were at the telegraph as the as the you know head tech guy um i was just doing a silly little radio show on on gb at the time um and we started doing a podcast with James Manning and Brennan Wood at Media Week. Yep. Um, it was uh, so Media Week is, a, is an industry publication. It comes out weekly and shows you know the TV ratings and any gossip in the media industry. Um, and James had done this thing where he talked to people you know from the industry and different themes, and he decided he'd do a tech one. And it wasn't weekly, but every yeah, now and it was then, periodical, like once a month, we used to do it. Yeah, every now monthly. and then we'd go and we'd, we'd get together with them. We'd record this thing. Woody was a complete goose. He paid one hundred eight dollars <laughs> a, a month for his Telstra yeah. phone. He renewed it. I mean, it was just yeah. it was Sold really. Telstra Theo built a holiday house with just his account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think we were just sitting out the front waiting once, and we said we should just do this. We should, do we this should just own. every 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 that week on our own. We were, I think I remember where we were recording. More part. Sure, sure around at Fox Studios and we were waiting for them to finish another recording before we got in and we that's what we said well we should do this weekly ourselves and uh, I think well what was the name you suggested Tech Week and I went no one will listen to a podcast called Tech Week And I think we just said, look, it's just two blokes talking tech, yeah. and that's, that's that's how it came about. And for the uh, anoraks among us, um, episode three hundred is the is the number is the the moniker of the show. But actually, this is our three hundred sixteenth yes. program because what we do for people that are that are new to the show, but I don't think there's many, um, is. At CES time, we record a single episode number in parts. So we have yeah. three hundred, you know, two hundred and twelve A, two hundred and twelve B, two hundred and twelve C, and so over this over this period, we've been to six CESs together. Yeah. Um, from 2012 onwards, and we've recorded 16 other episodes, random episodes within there as well. Which so. We normally average about what, three or four per CES yeah. show. So we do press day, day one, day two, day three, yeah. and if we're up for it, day four, if we <laughs> want to go to the last day of the show. But we have, uh, we have recorded globally. We've recorded in many different parts around, together and both over the phone. Like yeah. I think we did one show. Well, the second memory. show, the second show, episode two, you were in yeah, uh, San, San Francisco, Francisco for the correct. iPad 2 launch. There you go, that's right. And... Um, I can remember one show we did. I think I was in New York and you were in Sweden or somewhere for Husqvarna. Yeah, Husqvarna, yeah. Was yeah, it Sweden yeah, you were yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty uh, global uh, episode. But we recorded you know, Vegas. We've recorded in Barcelona, Mobile World Congress. We've recorded in New York. 
have we, you know, Vegas, if I've said that already, we've, um, we're about seven Berlin. Minutes, Berlin, yeah, that's right. Last China. Week we're in Taipei, Beijing. And I think the thing, uh, reflecting again, is like six and a half years, mate, it's a long time yeah. ago, right? Yeah. I'd, I was only a couple of years into my job at SBS. There was no way I was doing as much travel as I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing, it changed so much. You were the one yeah. travelling all the time and now we're yeah. both travelling as much yeah. as anyone because we're both doing this independently and running our own. Yeah, but I started, own. I think I started Tech Guide just like in, in while we were recording Media Week, I was still at the Telegraph yep. and then I'd, I'd quit News Limited and started Tech Guide just as we were still doing Media Week and then had the idea to do the show. Yeah. So I'd made that transition away from news and we, we just kept going with our stuff. And I don't know, I think... Um, you know, people. I, I did put a post up on Facebook, and there was uh, there was a couple of comments from some of our loyal uh, loyal listeners, um, including the Robs. Um, and Rob Joloff actually pointed out. I think I was. I don't know that I specifically asked for your feedback, but um, <laughs> he, he gave he gave it anyway. He mentioned episode. And I don't know how he looked these numbers up. If he was making it up, or whether he literally remembered this. But episode twenty one, the episode of the carafe. The carafe. Well. I think I said I mentioned the word like my I'll I'll go be as bold as to say is that I think my vocabulary is slightly wider than yours, right? <laughs> and when I used the word carafe, you said, "What the hell is a carafe?" And I said, "It's a glass pitcher that you pour wine out of." And uh, so yeah, there have been. I some, still call BS on that. <laughs> it's it's still been a very an educational experience for for both yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. Then then there's episode two thirty six. Thanks, Rob. The episode of batting off a shark. Batting off a shark. I think the more we say that, the worse it gets. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. We talk about the long squeezes and short squeezes and everything nowadays. It has gotten worse, I'll be honest. Yeah, chicken and corn and all that sort of stuff as well. And to the bloke who emailed during the week who's unsubscribed because he doesn't like our political views, (laughs) goodbye. I don't care. See you later. Not that we're too political. Like, what was – I can't – for a minute, imagine – I think I bagged someone – I think I bagged someone for being a lefty. Really? Yeah, Yeah, well, it's – that's about as political as we get, by the way. That's uh, that's as far as it goes. But, no, but we uh, have been very lucky – to have a loyal audience that are, yeah. that interact with us, and we we often have conversations on on Twitter and and uh, with the, the, our listeners, we li- we do listen to your feedback yeah. when you provide it, and uh, it's it's been great. I think that that's been we owe the success of the show and the longevity of the show to you guys that listen every week that are that listen in the car and maybe bore everyone else in the car with yeah. what we're listening to, and and that support each week is the reason why we enjoy doing this. We 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 like getting together once a week talking about all these topics that you guys are interested in. And I think uh, a big thank you goes to you guys, our audience. What would you say, question without notice, I'm putting on the spot, in six and a half years, 300 episodes, um, best or most impressive gadget you've covered in that time? In six and a half, in six and a half years. So post iPad, you know, so we're not yeah, saying yeah. it's the first iPad. In that time, what's the most impressive thing that has been launched that's, Jeez, that's you know, reflects? Yeah, yeah I'm, wow. I think it's interesting to think, you know, like we've been through all the phones and is it a phone that stands out? To me, I'm going to say straight up it's probably not a phone because there's yeah. some great phones around, but I don't think there is. And to be honest, I'm struggling as much as you are right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that there's, <clears throat> I don't know that I can name a single product. I yeah. think... Probably a couple of CESs ago was the most exciting time. Reckon, yeah, the TV developments, like the OLED TVs, and that have been really impressive. Um, I reckon too, and I'm not just because we're sitting in Netgear's office, but also how Wi-Fi's improved. Well, again, and we our, were talking four G, like how, like we, we've got our M1s here on our, on the internet, high speed internet connection on the go. Hmm. That's probably, I think, been the most impressive. Uh, jump over the six years. And, and again, you look back at those early episodes, which, yeah. by the way, we don't delete anything. So they're all there. Yeah. 
I've, I've had people email me, so I was listening to episode 200 and something. I'm like, are you kidding? Well, wow, okay. But That's our back catalogue. Yeah, listen to the back catalogue. We're not going to release the greatest hits, yeah, okay? Well, but if, but if someone wants to pay for it. But we were talking in um, in episode three when we first had Netgear as a sponsor. We were talking about, you know, why would you use Netgear? And yeah. um, we talked about having adapters to turn your Ethernet port on your TV into Wi-Fi. And I think... When you think about how far Wi-Fi has come just in the last 12 months, because, again, it's uh, – it's, and we've talked to Patrick Lowe, the boss of Netgear, yeah. a lot, the you know, individual, individual podcast, podcast because we've never had a third bloke. Because it's only two blokes talking tech, not three. And we've, we've have, have, we have had a few requests over the years yeah. where oh, such and such is available to talk on your show. We go, well, no, mate, it's only two blokes talking tech, not three. But we did offer exceptions. I think we offered Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbull. Turnbull. Yeah. Um, did we throw it out to Steve Jobs when he was still alive? Maybe not, but – Tim, Tim, oh, Tim, Tim Cook, Tim Cook, he'd be happy to have him. We're at Worldwide Developers Conference in a couple of weeks, so just a heads up to Apple if they want to throw <laughs> Tim Cook in the mix, yeah, we can yeah. happily make it the three. But, you know, the thing about team. talking to Patrick, and you know, it is a bit repetitive sometimes when you think about the concept of Wi-Fi networking, but the fact is it underpins everything, right? Mm. Without uh, and it's, it's so, so I would say Wi-Fi and the development in mobile networks. So the fact that we're now talking about gigabit speeds and stuff like that, and even even the MBN, as controversial as it is, yes. six years ago no one was getting the MBN. Now 50% of the country's got uh, got it available to switch on. So we've come a long way. And whatever, whether it's a new phone, a new tablet, a new computer, a new TV, they all require absolutely this well, this kind of connectivity. Look now at uh, like the Internet of Things and smart home automation products. That is well, Wi-Fi is kind of the glue that holds all that together now. And Netgear and all these other companies developing faster Wi-Fi have been there for 20 years. Like Netgear is a 20-year-old company. They've, they've been since dial-up days uh, providing connections. And now that I think that they had the vision back then to say, well, one day all these products are going to talk to each other. They're going to connect to the internet at high speed. And here we are today recording the 300th episode in 2017. And that's exactly what's happening. Pick a random number between one and uh, 300. Um, 121. 121. I'm going to tell you what we did on episode 121, okay? Just because, hey, giggles, <laughs> right? Um, 121, here we go. So what 121 was, was uh, the 10th of July 2013, uh, the App Store's fifth birthday, okay. Philips' stunning soundbar, and load more tech news. We were, at the, we were live at the Ivy Penthouse for Philips. Remember the Fidelio, yes. the, the splittable speakers? Yes. Uh, so um, we recorded that together, yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah, we should, we should point out the fact, too, that yeah, we, we did make a point to get together to record in person, I think, beginning of 2016. We yeah. said, well, Which is also why we can. We don't often... We used to release Wednesday night all the time. Yeah. Now, sometimes we hit Thursday, sometimes Friday at the moment yeah. because we, we're, we're trying to make that commitment of, yeah, yeah. of being together. We just think the... Trying to get around your travel schedule most of the time. Oh, well, you know. Our travel schedule. <laughs> Um, also, in episode one twenty one, Vodafone lets new customers hit four G speeds. I mean, okay. we, well, we've think of one now. Ewan McGregor's uh, LG. Um, oh, remember, remember, he yeah. was he was yeah. the oh, ambassador. For, yeah, That's yeah. Right. I've got a photo. Well, of I'm going to go. I'm going to go older. I'm just going to yeah. stop my film paging down on our okay. on our podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. feed. Gone, yeah. We're looking at. Oh no, it's gone down to the bottom. Let me just uh, scroll up a bit, right? So, well, here's interesting. CES. Uh, that would be CES 2012. So our yeah. first CES together would be about your millionth CES. <laughs> um, we we're obviously looking at the at the LG and Samsung stands. I talked car chats, eye products because you know back then the whole North Hall was yeah, just was accessories. Yeah, that's right. Um, Seagate hard drives. I mean, geez, we covered some garbage, but didn't that's we? One thing like CES is a really good 
um, gauge at how far the technology has come. And like you said, I've been to a lot of CESs and I remember looking back at like CES 2007 and where there was HD televisions were everywhere and they were... 3D TV was a thing as well and all Sorry, that sort of I've stuff. Sorry, I've just scrolled <laughs> slightly forward episode 48, which is uh, yeah. January 2012. Um, Stephen's website's a year old and got a new look. The Wiggles Brush Sam. <laughs> I mean, all, the, all the big in-depth I've topics. no idea why we've covered that other than the fact that I would have had a young child at the time. Yes. <laughs> iBooks bringing new style textbooks to the world. Wow. Key yeah. mate, key finder, wow. Ardio, remember Ardio, the streaming, um, yes. streaming service? Yeah. Geez, we've killed some companies over six <laughs> years, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> we have, but you know what we've also done? We've also, I think, educated a few companies as well. Like we've well, often price. Been, we've often been the guys who sort of say it like it is. Yeah. When companies release prices, we're not scared to tell them it's too much. Yeah. Too well, much. In those early episodes that I was listening to, and we will wrap this up in a second and talk about this week's news, but in those early episodes, we were talking about the Motorola Zoom tablet and an yeah. Asus tablet, and we talked about how why, well, are, they the more ex- the why are they more expensive than yes. an iPad? It's just, and that's the fundamental thing that people were getting wrong. And now I feel like that, again, we're not taking credit, but I feel like that concept is breaking through when people like Huawei and HTC do announce phones at yeah. good prices, not amazing, but good yeah. prices that are challenging on price and features. Yeah. So oh, I think there's well, I think been some movement. It's only taken H- six years, though. The, yeah, the HTC uh, have announced the, the U11 pricing. We, we, well, I think nine ninety nine. We discussed yeah. it. If it's, if you, I think you said if it's nine nine nine, that's brilliant, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I think they're taking they're taking uh, listening to us. They're oh. taking heed of our uh, our predictions here. Well, I'm prepared to say they that they were talking to us for that reason. They asked yeah. us all on the plane and different places. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because yeah. I think they wanted to know that they could get the right reaction. I mean, if this is the, how the media works, you know, they they need support. You mm-hmm. you need if if everyone hates your product, everyone hates your price then that's all they're going to talk about. And I think that's critical for people. A lot of companies, and I don't know whether this is just like Asian Asian uh, tech companies who are, there's a lot of pride involved in what they make. And if they think, well, if we price our product lower than something else, it's going to be perceived to be inferior. Yeah. And well, that's not always the case because, you know, if you're going to put a product, if you're a phone company, you're going to price at exactly the same price as the iPhone, you're going to lose. Yeah. Like simple as that. I think Why would reality, someone want your product when they can get an iPhone for the same price? Absolutely right. Reality has to set in and luckily and thankfully a lot of companies have taken notice. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 300. Let's get cracking on some news of the week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, meet Orby, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system from Netgear and we're proud to be in the Netgear offices and again thank them for their support of Two Blokes Talking Tech over 297 plus episodes. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. It reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. And with a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and TV shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll always have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speed. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for and the sleek design, state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. And right now, take the Orbi Wi-Fi Challenge. Jump onto the Netgear Facebook page, have a look for the Orbi Wi-Fi Challenge, and you've got a chance to win an Orbi system for your home. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I'm going to call this week 
the episode, our, the week we record our three hundredth episode, uh, Drone Week. It's not the first Drone Week we've it's had in three hundred episodes. Drone news uh, are out and about today, and we'll kick it off with a with a product. And DJI has uh, unveiled, and this was we predicted this a few weeks back, mm. that uh, they've got a new mini drone called the Spark. That is, I think it's going to take on. It, it, it's a sort of drone that's not going to only take on all those the many selfie drones that are coming out, but also uh, a drone that can even fly just as well outside and has all the technology and all, all, all the abilities of the larger DJI drones in a drone that's small enough to fit and also land in your hand. Yeah, I've got a. I mean, let me get straight to my issues with it. It's eight hundred fifty nine bucks, which it's is not cheap. Yeah, it's expensive. When you when you pit it, so here's the problem: when you pit it against selfie drones, and there's a few around. You've had some experience with some, yes. good or good or bad. Um, <laughs> the Rover, there's the um, oh, there's this thing I can't remember what it called. Hover. It, hover, oh, yeah, yeah, hover. But no, there's another one that I've actually reviewed that folds up, and they're all good in concept, but they crap photos and video, right? Yeah. So I think that this is going to stand out for its photo and video. Uh, the gimbal is stabilized, only two axis, not yeah. three. But when you compare price, it's like double or more the price of those selfie drones. So in a store, people are going to go, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But this thing's got obstacle avoidance. Oh, it's got, really? mate, yeah. it's, it's got, it, you can gesture do it. Your control. Gesture control. Yeah. So it's got some serious features, mate. It's and also got a, uh, the proper remote that you get with a Mavic as well. So you can add your smartphone to the controller. Doesn't come to fault with that though. Uh, I think for that price it does. No, it doesn't. Okay. I looked at what's well, in the box. It didn't show up. Oh really? Okay. Well, yeah. you, you but you can control it just straight off your phone. Yeah, you control it straight off your gestures. Phone, yeah. But the um, I think the all, all those safety features too, like the return to home and the autonomous flying and the the GPS slow so it can hover and correctly. Here's the thing. I think about what I do with my drones, and which is normally you know just fly over a cliff face or over a country road or you know over a waterfall or something. Pretty much all that stuff you could do with this thing because I'm not fl- I'm not flying at 800 meters away. I just want to fly, you know, nice little distances. I want to see it all the time. There's no drama. So, actually, if the if the two axis is able to stabilize video well enough, this could be the perfect drone for a hobbyist photo video person. Yeah. And I think when you compare it, the only other issue is you can get a Phantom Three standard, which has got you know seriously good video and photo, just not a lot of range for the same price. Yeah. You get that higher stability in the air and stuff like that. I think it'll be a different customer for this one. Though. I think oh, this is sure. more, this is more. For for, a, for someone who wants to have a bit of fun with it, I don't think if you're a, like a proper drone pilot, you're not going to go buy something this small. But I think this is the sort of drone that people who maybe have never flown a drone before and want to try it, want to have a quality drone, this may be the product they're going for. But um, in other news, though, there, there was a bit of discussion in Parliament this week. Did you mm. hear about this? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was some pretty fiery exchanges in the Senate uh, with... The, the, the whole issue with that was that there was supposed to be a safety review of drones done back in October mm. and it hadn't been started. So the Senate. done the terms of reference. Yeah, they were waiting to think, well, what's the holdup? Welcome um, to government. Yeah, hello. Uh, moving slowly. But the issue was, I think, where there's a little bit of. Uh, I think one of the senators, uh, he, he kind of. I think he's a little bit misinformed because he's under the impression. Oh, that what Ca- a shock! Well, he, he's under the impression that CASA does nothing. Well, CASA actually had some pretty well spelt out rules around drones. And there was another backbencher who was saying, well, what's to stop a terrorist getting a drone and, and doing something with it? So there's a, there's a, I think there's a need to be a bit, of learn, a bit of a learning curve happening there before they do the safety review, if and when they ever get to it. But um, that, well, that was an interesting yeah. to, for them to be in the spotlight. There was even a suggestion they ban the sale of drones until yeah. the review. Like, what's going on? And I think the ignorance of that is saying CASA does nothing. And the other example this week is CASA is doing a lot. Mate, when, they, when CASA announced a few months ago that they were releasing their, their app that would show you where to fly, I thought, that's okay. I downloaded the Drone Compiler app, which is the app company that's going to make the CASA drone, and I went, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yep. But, mate, this app 
that they have finally released is called Can I Fly There? Really it is amazing. Like, seriously brilliant. To the point where it just automatically loads and said you can't fly here where you are. Yeah, look look but, where I live, what it says. Well, and, and that's <laughs> the thing. The airport. No, absolutely. But, but here's the thing, mate, and I don't know if you've had a good look around, but it is, it is so much more than just our 5Ks from the airport yeah. because, mate, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going to – I'll break it to you where I'm going to fly because I'm desperate to do it. I, every time I fly into Sydney, I want to fly there, and now I can. Do you know the, the cliff face just around Cornell? Yep. So just on the edge of the cliff there, I can fly there but limited to 90 metres. Uh-huh. So it's, a, it's yeah. not just a yes or no. Yeah. It's a yes, you can fly here, but you have to, you have to do it under, well, at 90 metres. That That's was, brilliant, mate. That was a surprising thing for me when I did my drone, my pilot's course, was how much you need to know hmm. to know where you can fly the drone safely. And any, any bloke who's buying a, or any person buying a drone off the shelf at wherever and thinking, I'm going to fly this wherever I want and I'm going to make a million dollars out of it, that was the thing that surprised me is that there is so much you need to know uh, how to read a chart, how to do all these things. But now with this app, it does all the heavy lifting for you. It tells you, yes, you're in a restricted zone or you're in a no-fly zone. You're in uh, an area where you, you cannot fly at all, like in, around yeah. the Harbour Bridge. And, and that's, like. I was just going to yeah. use that example, right? The problem is the CASA rules say don't fly close to buildings, don't fly close to cars, don't fly over roads, don't fly over populated areas, don't fly within 5Ks of an airport. They don't cover the harbour. They don't, they don't talk about Sydney Harbour, which is restricted, restricted airspace. airspace. This app helps with that. And that's yeah. what's great, I think, for people that are. And I think it should be – and there was other news this week, I think, too, where DJI, DJI updated yeah. their software so that you have to register your drone and, if, and it will now have in it all of the no-fly zones. Frankly, this is the future. We have to have these no-fly zones and apps and drones all working together so that people just simply can't yeah. fly it's, in the wrong space. It's this simple. Don't fly your drone where you're not supposed to. That's as simple as it is, and now with the DJI software update, with the new this CASA app, it's all leading to that way. I think in the future, in the near future, we're going to see some changes in the restrictions around close to the airport. There may be some zones where you can only fly to a certain height, but I think one thing you can expect for sure is that every drone in within the next couple of years will have a transponder, so they'll know where they all are. Mm-hmm. Air traffic control can see if there's one in the airspace. Other drone pilots can see where other drones are as well. And that too... We talked help. about that a few weeks ago, being that, a critical yeah. thing. Well, that'll help too with delivery. So all the drones if all the drones know where they, each other is, like an autonomous car, knowing there's other cars around it, mm. that is going to help uh, expedite the whole path to drone delivery, passenger drones, and all of those things. Yeah. It's great stuff. Uh, stories are covered at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. You know, we asked earlier, product you're most impressed by over six years. I've got to say, maybe just because it's a bit fresh, I don't want to say this product, but I w- I've never been so impressed with a product in a, in, a, in a briefing as I was with the ultimate Lightning McQueen. Yeah. This product um, from Sphero. Now, remember, Sphero made this little ball that you could drive around at CES. It was great. It was a fun little robotic ball. Then they they teamed up with Disney to make the BB-8 version of that ball, yeah, which was a was. huge success it's for Disney. By the way, 25th, and, 25th of May, which is today, 40 years to the day that Star Wars came out. Just want great. to throw that in there. Yeah, good. We, our, uh, oh, we wow. teamed up our 300th and the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, mate. Same uh, day. Yeah. Can you Continue, wait? sorry. Are you finished? Can I wake up now? <laughs> so, Sphero was a massive success. $250 product, sold like hotcakes, unbelievable product. 
And so what they've done is Disney have gone, well, that worked well. Well, you know, yeah. that's gone all well for us. And they've gone, Cars 3 is coming out. Lightning McQueen is an iconic uh, character. Kids love it. Yeah. And they've built not a ball, but they've built a whole new toy. So this, this is nothing like any Sphero before, but yeah. it uses all the smarts of Sphero. And the robotics inside as well. Yeah, so imagine Lightning McQueen is a car. Heavy bug, bugger of a thing because yeah. it's got a big battery and it lasts you 40 minutes of driving time. But then it's app controlled. And rather than, you know, I've got plenty of remote control cars. The kids have got at home. They go forward, they go back, they go left, they go right. This thing tilts, it leans into the curve. He sits yeah. there and his eyes move with an LCD <laughs> screen. His mouth at the front actually articulates yeah, words. It is the most realistic looking thing. And you know, I've both put videos up and they've gone amazingly well yeah. because people are blown away by this product. And I've got to say, mate, I don't think I've seen a toy like it. I just I don't think I've seen a toy like it. And my only problem is it's 500 bucks. Yeah, well, I think we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I agree. This this is such an articulate toy. And Sphero's robotics and their expertise has come in with that, what do they call it, emotive suspension, yeah. where the car can actually lean up on one side, lean back and express itself really it's well. It's just sitting there. It just moves. Yeah, And, and it, you touch yeah, it. When you're charging it, like the eyes look around and the, the, and the you charge the, it through the, the petrol uh, cap, yeah, by the way, which, which is, is awesome. Yeah, but you touch cool. his door, he leans to the left. You touch yeah, the other door, he yeah. leans to the right. It's, it is like my kids were just blown away by it, mm. and the feedback today has been overwhelming. It's five hundred bucks, mate. But you look, I, I said in my story, and I'm quoting now. I said, look, it's not. Then we get to the bottom. This is a premium price, but you are getting a premium product that will be updated with features well into the future. So imagine that you're going to buy something premium. Mm. It's going to not only perform well, it's going to last a long time, it's going to be updated in the future. Yes, it's not. it won't be for everyone. But I think the quality is there. Once you see the quality of this thing, I think it justifies the price. And I but think that the it's it's. But it's so like if if you've ever seen cars, we've all seen the movies. Mm. This like is times. they've lifted it out of the movie and made it real. It, That's it, what impressed me. I'm watching a movie in real life here. It, this is real, is surreal. Now I also yeah. didn't find it very easy to drive. I'll be honest. Um, I'd, I'd prefer just a forward, back, left, right that yeah. you could drive. But it's using the Sphero kind of um, joystick mode. And, and I've had press the reverse I've, I've had narcs on 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 YouTube saying to me, but it's easy to drive. I'm like, no, it's not because <laughs> it does this whole thing when it's coming towards you, left and right are swapped around. Yeah. Or something. It's just weird. It's very hard to drive. So it takes t- takes learning. Yeah. That's all. But, but you'll get not, it. But you'll it's pick not just it up. Driving. I, what I like about it is you can do your donut. And it does the the drifting. Yeah. You can even teach script it. Lines. Yeah. It, it. It's got a bunch of pre-programmed lines, really and you cool. can script it. You can also there's little games there's in the app as well. Game. Yeah, so the the was it pit stop pit stop panic, yeah. and I quite like the scripting where you can you know you can make it make it say you know gasps and lines and various things. So you're creating these little these little scenes yeah. for it to perform. Yeah. And I think that that's where the value comes in. I think that's where. If this was just thing you can drive backwards and forwards, then there's no way it'd be five hundred bucks. But yeah. this thing leans to the leans in the turns. It, it, it leans up and down on its bumpers, and its mouth moves at the front. The eyes are are, are alive behind the windscreen. Uh, it, it it runs really well. Looks really. It's really meticulously detailed. It's also as well. quiet. It drives quite quietly. Oh, so it's wow. really you're only hearing the voices of it. It's brilliant. It's a really great product. Um, be on sale June the nineteenth, um, and pre-sales start now. Uh, JB, uh, sorry, not. EB Games. Games and Zing, which is kind of a, a spin-off of EB, um, and Apple stores as well. So but Apple stores will have it at the release date. They won't have pre-orders. No, yeah. of course not, yes. Yeah. So get your pre-orders in now because I think you'll find, uh, with, without being disrespectful to the price, but 
they're not going to bring as many of these things into the country as they did BB-8 because they don't think it'll sell as well mm. because it's just a more expensive product. But I reckon they might be a bit surprised. I agree, but there is also, too, the possibility of a price drop in the future. They may oh, drop I mean, it down Christmas to time, it could be a 449 might, yeah. might even drop down to 399 Look, they did that to BB-8 recently. It was pretty yeah. pretty big discount on there. So keep an eye out. You just never know what's going to happen. But Sphero, ter- terrific job bringing this thing to life. It's incredible. Videos and uh, reviews at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Sorry, I'm what are you doing with your arm there? Yeah. Mate, I went go-karting on the weekend. Yeah. And my arm's still hurt. I said to Amanda last night, I think my arm might be broken again. Right. Like, it hurts so much. It is, it's a lot of work, eh? Yeah, it? but it's, it's coming back today. So I was actually worried last night I might have to go to the doctor again. Oh, it's a broken arm. The gym occasionally, mate. You might be a bit better, eh? Hit the gym occasionally. Are you going to keep this bit in or not? No. You're going to cut it out, aren't yeah. you? Okay, so can I call you a <laughs> then if you're going to cut it out? <laughs> All right, then. Let's get on with the show, shall we? The uh, Microsoft, uh, they've just released the latest version of the Surface Pro. Don't call it Surface Pro 5. Well, I was waiting for this. We've been waiting for this a while. I think it's been more than a year since the Surface Pro 4, surely. It's been like a year and a half, even two years, I think. Since I don't know. The, so the next version of Surface Pro is just called Surface Pro. Is, is it like, remember the new, the new iPad? iPad? Yeah, so this is, this is the fifth version of the Surface Pro. So let's just, for argument's sake, call it the Surface Pro 5. <laughs> so it is, uh, again, not, not much different to what we've already had, but really specced up uh, on the inside. It's, it's got the 12.3-inch pixel-sense display with that great resolution. It's, it supports already su- supports Surface Pin, but also now supports Surface Dial. And there's even a studio mode now. You know where that that studio computer that you can lay flat? It's got a similar flat feature, flat uh, mode for there as well. Intel 7 Gen processor underneath. And can starts at, though, this is the thing, and and people might think, Jesus, it's expensive. It starts at $1,119 for the base model, so 4 gig of RAM, 128 gig, and an Intel Core M3. So $1,119 or $1,199? Sorry, $1,119. One thousand one hundred and nineteen dollars, okay. and these are is the base model. Yep. But then it goes all the way up to one terabyte SSD, Intel Core i7, sixteen meg of RAM, which is a fairly specced up Mate, product. That is a solid computer. That's four thousand dollars. So look, the four thousand dollar one is a bit excessive, and you're paying for the portability of it. But the twelve hundred dollar one is like, well, hang on a minute. It's a pretty pretty good tablet. It's running Windows. It's a full-service computer for you. Do everything you need for most people. That is your office laptop replacement, also, and that's where corporates will go. Slot. Micro SD card slot. So the, the, the memory card slot's not dead yet. Oh, no, mate. Uh, but... And they've, they've enhanced the uh, the cover, the typeface cover's got the new fabric that they're putting on the Surface laptop. Here's my only thing, and I think what they've done is create a really nice uh, brand in Surface. You know, it's really Mac versus Surface now. I'm not Apple versus Microsoft, right? And you say you've got this really nice um, laptop, which is coming out. You've got a really nice tablet. You've got the really nice Surface Studio. Mm-hmm. They've created a really nice range, but I do I do struggle with the idea of the laptop and the tablet in market. I think they've clearly got feedback, even though the their YouTube marketing of this thing says this it's the ultimate laptop yeah. or something. Yeah. They, they still really know that people aren't absolutely confirmed happy with a tablet being a laptop, and so that's why they have to sell the service laptop. The laptop, but you know, you know, here's one thing that, that gets me: that this isn't a cheap product, then you've got to pay extra for the keyboard cover. So if they're calling it a laptop. 
technically they're not selling a laptop. They're selling a tablet that you've got to accessorise to yeah. make a laptop. True, true. And it's like, what is it, $150, $150? Yeah, throw it's... it in the box. Come on, Microsoft. Good call. Yeah, throw it in there. I think that's a nice sign, a nice goodwill for the customer. Include that because I think it's 179 bucks for the keyboard cover. Yeah, I think at an enterprise level it's a very different story because, you know, they, they ship them in a different way. But unfortunately the consumer end, consumer grade is not the biggest market for them. So maybe they just don't need, don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people who are looking, like how many times have you been asked, like, I want a good product that's a, like a convertible, got a touchscreen, can be used as a tablet, as a laptop, like rather than having something that's got a, a permanently linked laptops, kind of like your your computer, your Toshiba here, that can be folded around and used as a tablet, yep. but you're still lugging that massive, to the massive keyboard underneath yeah, it. because no one really folds them around as a tablet. Well, not many people. No. But with this, you just rip off the, the key magnetic keyboard and then you've got a fully-fledged system in tablet form mm. and you put the keyboard cover back on and then it's, it's boom, you've got a little kickstand at the back, it's a laptop again, but throw in the keyboard cover. Come please, on, folks. Please. Details, eftm.com.au, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Here's some breaking news. Um, this is real episode 317 kind of stuff. You can now listen to the radio in your car. <laughs> so Wow, how long has that been going on? I mean, it's radical, isn't it? But Whoa, here's the thing, right? It's oh a funny thing. God. In fact, I should quickly mention there's two stories this week which are just as funny. Freeview FV is now um, Chromecast compatible, so you can now um, watch free-to-air TV on your big screen. Uh, and radio app, the radio streaming um, app, is now available in car. Now, why that's relevant is critical to me, and it's, it's important to make the note. Radio app is an unbelievably good app. It's, it's been done 140,000 times. It's got nearly every radio station in Australia, and it's built by the industry. And to be honest, it's a friggin' good app, like yeah. really well-designed, really good user interface, excellent to use, right? So what they've done is they've added Android Auto and Apple CarPlay compatibility. And I've got to tell you, straight out of the box, awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you plug it into your, into your car if you've got Apple CarPlay, and you can navigate through your stations that way. Now, you're saying, okay, but I've got radio in my car. But just think a little bit down to the future. When you plug in your phone or wirelessly your phone connects with your car and Apple CarPlay starts up or Android Auto, <clears throat> you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to streaming music through Spotify or Apple Music, you're doing other things. Radio becomes second fiddle. Radio can't be another few buttons away. It has to be part of that experience. Mm-hmm. So brilliant move from the radio industry to put the radio experience side by side with the streaming and on-demand experience. Well, well you, you think about, like, I think, is, is it one of the questions that why digital radio isn't a big thing in cars today? It is in some and not in others. And isn't, is it, doesn't this kind of skirt that issue where, well, you don't need to worry about digital radio because if you can stream it through this app, Mate. That's connected to you through your phone. Then that that's kind of like digital. It is digital radio. Isn't Surprisingly, it? I haven't yet had a call from uh, Joan Warner at the CRA, who would probably hate me for saying this, but <laughs> digital radio is dead, mate. I mean, I know. To be clear, I was I was involved in digital radio from two thousand and two until it launched in two thousand eight. Massive fan, but it, it's not going to go on in regional areas. It's, it's not in the tunnels. Well, they're not. They haven't got any plans. Like yeah. that, that's a, that's a, every second call on the radio is when's digital radio going to yeah. come to Gosford? The answer is no. It's not. It's just so never, there was no plans to expand digital radio. The industry the would areas. love to do it, but they want the government to fund it. When's that going to happen? Never. Yeah. So it's not going to happen, right? Okay. Tunnels don't have it. There's a bunch of reasons digital radio isn't great. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when you've got it and when it works, but I've got to be honest, streaming's better. Now, streaming costs money to listen to. And it costs more for, yeah. Um, yeah. for radio stations to broadcast in, but it also has more potential. Mm-hmm. So, And I'll give you a quick example before we move on. Um, uh, in the UK, there's a radio station that offers streaming and if you're a member, not, not a paid member, but just that you've signed up, so it knows how old you are and who you are, basically, you get less ads. 
So a music station that plays more music and less ads because what it does, it, it, it shrinks down the feed so it gets rid of the ads, plays you specific ads for you. Do you have to pay for that? No, no, you just you just have to be logged in. Ah. Yeah, because they want to have targeted ad, advertising. Is ad revenue? Is, but ad's still part of their revenue stream, isn't it? Yeah, but advertising is much... You, you can sell an ad for more if you know who you, who's ah. listening to so the ad. So through this interface... Totally they, they can, can do that. direct the ad. Like what you hear is different to what I hear. It's not happening now. So you'll but hear it, all of the car stuff and I'll hear all the Star Wars stuff. Correct. Is that, right? that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So this, the, it's much more possible with internet-based content than it is with uh, broadcast-based content. So it's a big, it's a is big this, move. Is this? Yeah, you know, you've been involved in radio a lot more than me. So is this kind of a game changer then for the potential for radio to move forward? In, I think it is. I think it was a requirement for the, for this app and streaming on a not a station-by-station station basis, but on an industry yeah. basis to be in the car in yeah. the same place side by side with Apple Music and Spotify. It has to be there. Otherwise, you're not fighting the fight. I think, was it last week we were talking about um, Android being an operating system and cars, modern yeah. cars, having SIM cards built yeah. into them now? So, so, so this, this plays into that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The, our radio app could be pre-installed in cars as they leave the factory. So who pays for the data then, the, the, the driver? Well, the, the owner the of the car. car. And most of the time, the, the issue is going to be in the future, and it's a much bigger discussion. Um, at the moment, they, they kind of install SIM cards that are you know enough data for them to download some maps and things. But yeah, right. when, when we move to that point, how much data they're using and it's a whole other deal for the car companies and telcos to deal with but anyway i think it's great uh details at eftm.com.au two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick well, Samsung have launched there, and they did, they did uh, mention these at, back at CES, the MU series of TVs. Now, this to be to be clear, these sit behind the QLED top of the range TVs that Samsung have also announced. So these are more to suit a wider range of Australian households. These are still 4K, still Ultra HD, uh, still with premium picture quality, HDR, 200 hertz motion refresh rate, smart connectivity, all of that out of the box, but also addressing not only those needs but also the needs for bigger screens. Uh, Samsung's research, I found this really interesting, that the majority of customers, we're talking 63%, are now looking for a screen larger than 55 inches. Yeah, that so makes 55 sense. 55 is, is kind of the new normal now, <laughs> and now they want bigger. They want even larger TVs. Isn't that crazy, right? I mean, it's, it's a pretty unbelievable... Um, Size. I mean, it was only I think maybe two, three CESs ago where they were talking about forty inch being the the new norm. So, I guess I guess there has to be a limit, though, don't you think? Yeah, well, it depends on a number of factors. I think if you're living in a small home and you've got a small room, then, of course, you don't want to be right up against a TV and seeing every single pixel. Just for the record, for yeah. everyone you know, in the in the game, Samsung, Hisense, LG, et cetera, I could probably fit a 90-inch in my lounge room and, and still be comfortable. <laughs> well, I can fit an even bigger one in my place, I think. And plus I've got a theatre as well if they want yeah, to talk. No, let's let's just talk lounge room. rooms. We sit further yeah. back in our lounge room than you do. You do a bit, you know. I'm a bit closer. I'm a bit closer, but no, I've got a 65 inch in my uh, in my lounge room, and that's that's quite comfortable. We could yeah. go 70, 77, maybe. No, I could easily go on 88. Yeah. But with the, with these TVs, well, the, the size range is 55 all the way up to 82 inch. They've got the Samsung Smart Hub, so you can get to your Netflix stand, YouTube, all those things. What I really like is the smart auto detection. You know, when you when you plug a, a source in. And it, it just says oh. HDMI one two three. This can tell you, okay, you've plugged in a Blu-ray player. Yeah, and I did it. I did it on the weekend. I hadn't played the PlayStation in yeah. a while, so I plugged the PlayStation in. Boom, straight on the screen in on a Samsung there PlayStation. You go. There you go. It's a really useful thing. Very HDMI handy. one two three and four are dead. You know, you don't Absolutely. need to know those things anymore. It's sanity's prevail. Well, the and I wonder, do they use the same style remote as the top end? Products. Uh, I think like they last do. year's last year's top end product probably now has cascaded down because my you know my favorite thing about the Samsung, Apple TV. 
You plug an Apple TV in and the remote, the remote not only knows what it is, an Apple TV, but it actually uses the remote for Samsung. That's what I was about to say. Samsung's one remote control, which can, you can control all your compatible devices, even if they're not Samsung products. So if you've got a 4K player, Apple TV, gaming console, all controlled through there. And I'll put all the pricing. Uh, I think you're looking at... I think the the cheapest is about twenty two ninety nine. No, no, thirteen ninety nine for a forty three inch. Yeah. Who's uh, buying those though, mate? Let's let's talk fifty five. But that's ultra high HD. Yeah, but forty three, mate. We've just heard yeah. no one's buying. Well, twenty one ninety nine is the cheapest fifty five inch, and then it moves up to all the way to the MU nine thousand series, which is the the top of the line TV is a sixty five inch. Four thousand six hundred ninety nine bucks, and for all those features, you're getting ultra black screen technology, HDR. Slim design, smart auto detection, smart hub, one remote, and a pretty nice-looking television. Good stuff. Uh, details, prices, photos at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Stephen, uh, this was not a feature of the early shows. Uh, in fact, I don't know whether I'd be we'll able to work out when, uh, yeah. when we... I don't know. Do we always call them minute reviews? Because you've never been a minute. Um, Minute uh, reviews? Uh, Stephen, uh, Tech Minutes. Uh, yes, no, we called them the Tech Minutes, apparently. Um, and Stephen reviews the Sonos Sub and the Bose Music Waves 3 in his Tech Minutes. That was episode <laughs> <laughs> episode 71 in uh, the 5th of July, 2012. Wow, we okay, well. What have you got for us today? What have we got today, Trevor? Look at this, a HP Sprocket. That's our first uh, review product. This is a small Bluetooth printer. If any members of the Studio 10 audience to listening, just tweet us, Ziggy Zaggy, and uh, thanks, yeah. Stephen, for your sprocket. You did get a free sprocket. I felt like Oprah Winfrey giving them away on this. You're getting a sprocket. You're getting a sprocket. And they're all sitting there going, what do I want a gear for? Oh, you mean the printer. The printer, that's right. Well, these print out two by three inch prints, and it used heat transfer. No ink involved, heat transfer, and it's kind of like a modern day Polaroid, I'm going to call it. So you, you Bluetooth your phone, you can print off your camera roll from Instagram, from Facebook, from Google, wherever you want. And this allows you then to not only have the physical photo, but also peel off the back and it's also a sticker. So you can say you're at a party at a restaurant, you can share your photos off your phone. You can add uh, frames and decorations and all these kinds of things as well. And uh, it's uh, 199 bucks. Uh, you can you can have a lot of fun with this. I think uh, the, the sheets as well. I think you buy twenty bucks for twenty sheet packs. Available, it's available in black or white. The actual unit and takes once you've connected and once you hit this print photo, it takes like about twenty five seconds, twenty seconds to print out the photo uh, and hand them out to people. So I think it's a great way for people to a great way for to get the photos off your phone for people to actually have a souvenir of whatever the photo you've taken. You know, HP Sprocket. Oh, I, I, we had to play with this at home. The kids loved it. In fact, Amanda got. I, it was Mother's Day. Uh, we were first testing him. We got a man a new wallet, and we just quickly took a photo of the kids, printed it out, and put it in the wallet. Exactly. It was such a great example exactly of what it. My wife Joe did. So oh, well uh, very handy. Each print, I think, is, you can say it's about the size of a business card. And, but I will say, not amazing. Like the most amazing no. picture quality, color quality. But for what you're getting, very very cool. Absolutely stuff. right. For great picture quality, here's the segue. Our next printer, our next product is also a printer, the Canon Endurance G4600 Pixma printer. Yeah. Now this is uh, Endurance is their word for eco tank which Epson has had, yeah? Absolutely right. And rather than you uh, changing cartridges all the time, because, you know, this, it's amazing to me how it's taken so long for printer companies to catch on because when you change a cartridge on a printer, it's also got the print head in it. So you're changing the print head every time. It's the equivalent, I've used this in my review, of changing your engine every time you need to change your engine oil. So rather than changing the whole engine, 
Just change the oil. So this is kind of what Canon has done. The cartridges and the heads stay there. You just change the ink. There's ink oil, so you get bottles, filler up. You can, you're changing, you, you need to refresh ink in years, not months. You know, the other example, not to say that yours isn't excellent, but the same, same thing is yeah. a, a tank of petrol. You buy a cheap car and it, it's got a quarter of a tank of petrol and to renew the petrol, you've got to put a new engine in. Um, yeah. and, well, and a lot of people and, have been and lulled it, into buying a cheap. Well, they see a forty-nine dollar printer, yeah. and they think, "Oh, how good is this?" And then they've got to fill the printer cartridge. Six up. pages. Of print. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's cheaper to throw out the printer. Great quality. quality. This thing's easy to use. Got Wi-Fi as well. Absolutely right. So again, you can print directly off your phone. You can also print from the cloud. Uh, so it, and it is designed for those families or businesses where you're printing a lot. Like oh, I live in a house with you know my daughter's in uni. My youngest daughter she's in doing a HSC next year, and I'm printing a lot. So this is. A, a great printer for those high traffic uh, situations. Now it costs five hundred and fifty nine bucks, but I think that's justified because you get your money back. You, oh, you, you're not going to buy ink for another year and a half to two years. And if with a regular printer, you would have gone to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman four times and spent one hundred and twenty each time. Yeah. So you get your money back straight away. So the Canon G forty six hundred Pixma Endurance is for five hundred and fifty nine bucks, and it's available exclusively at OfficeWorks. Mm. There you go. Stephen, uh, thanks for your minute reviews. Details of those products at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's, uh, it's a sad, sad time, really, because... Um, sad time. It's a sad time. The show's over. This is, uh, oh, okay. this is the last... I had an announcement to make. Yeah, right. This will be the last podcast I do in the month of May <laughs> with you. I was, <laughs> I was about to do the same the thing. look on your face. Oh, no, I was about to do the exact same thing. I was about to do the exact ah. same thing. That's why I'm going, it's a sad time. Well, look on We're your trying face. We're trying to jinx each other. I'm going, dude, I'm about to do that joke. Are you kidding? Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it, it has been awesome. But you know what? Well, cheers, I'm, I'm, I'm we'll go, we'll go cheers, a glass yeah. of water. Cheers, Trevor. We'll, um, we'll have some cake episodes. in a moment. Probably not a good idea on a podcast to but both drink at the same yeah, time. But, uh, just, mate, I just want to say it's been a pleasure doing the podcast with you every week. It's the highlight of my week when we get together and have a laugh and to in, uh, tell our listeners about all the great, cool, cool things that are going on in tech. It's not the highlight of my week, but... No, No, it's an absolute joy to do every week. And you know what I, I just realised looking back at your tech minute... Maybe, maybe we should shake things up a bit and come up with some tech some, hour. Some, no, no, just some. Uh, well, maybe we'll come up with some segment names. Uh, maybe we'll shake things up a bit it's for the next for the next hundred. It's take three hundred episodes to come up with that idea. Just so you know, we've had we've had the same intro for five years as well. We two, yeah, we should maybe change that up as well. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll get yeah, Rob onto it. Rob yeah, we'll get Rob onto it. Changed my tech guide one about four times. I think in the meantime, well, <laughs> mate, that's because you're a narc. I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to be light on the yeah, bloke. You're consistent. You're consistent. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm consistently yeah. enough. No, no. You're consistent in having the same intro for five years <laughs> is what I meant. Uh, big thanks to the people at Netgear for letting us sit in their office and record a beautiful view out of their office here in Chatswood. Yeah. Big thanks for taking us to lunch. Big thanks for the cake. Yes. But most importantly, big thanks for sticking loyal to the show uh, over six full years and a bit more yeah. um, over more than 300 actual shows. Um, yeah. It's greatly appreciated. We uh, we enjoy working with them. Um, we love their products, which is not a, not a biased thing. We just think they're yeah. great. And uh, it's always good to catch up with the, the team here in Sydney. And, of course, uh, uh, Patrick Lowe. We, thank you to Patrick and to Heidi, who, Heidi, who yep. first kicked off the sponsorship, to Brad here. Uh, in the in the Australian office and, and yeah, David. David, great people, great company, and uh, we encourage you to support them just like they support us. Two blokes talking tech, Stephen. 
Next week, London. 301 in London. That's yeah. correct, yes. 301 in London, 302 in San Jose. We have yeah. a, a lot coming up over the next few weeks. Stick with us, folks. Uh, check us out on Twitter and uh, say good day uh, on Twitter at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick. Ziggy Zaggy the hashtag because, you know, those two dogs should be called Ziggy and Zaggy. <laughs> uh, but that's a whole other story. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Let's do it again next week, Stephen. Let's fly to London. Let's do it. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.